The mic is listening. The mic is listening. The mic. The mic is listening. 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 Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. Welcome to my Good Listening Show. I am Sia, and I'm back. So I thought I would uh, title today's episode, September kind of sucks, but not really, because September did kind of suck. I got a little sick, and so I was under the weather for majority of the month of September. And for those that are curious, yes, I got tested positive for COVID, and I will tell you, it sucks. And uh, so if you have gone through it, congratulations if you've been healthy and really hope for those that are affected by it right now that it's going to be much love and strength because legit, no joke, um, I slept for a good two, two and a half weeks. So um, I'm back and that's why September kind of sucks because when you're sick, you can't really do a lot of things or your energy is a little low, um, but it really does, on the flip side, give you opportunity to think. And gives you opportunity to reevaluate things. And so today's episode, I don't have a guest, um, largely because I have a lot of thoughts in my head that I thought I would like to share and and talk about. That you know, quite frankly, sitting by myself trying to get better, I had a whole hell of a conversation. So I thought I would share with you some random thoughts that I have. So uh, because I want to start off with some positivity today. I just want to shout out to the CISO Diaries with my partner, Leah McLean. Yes, it is all about me, damn it. So I'm going to talk about the CISO Diaries. We just launched this podcast about two months ago. And um, ideally, it was really highlighting leadership within cybersecurity and the role, the prominence that, you know, chief information security officers have seen in the last few years. Typically, security has been tucked away underneath IT in some capacity, or even, I dare say, in other organizations like finance or HR, just because of governance, um, legal for that matter. And we're starting to see a big growth in the importance of cybersecurity for all businesses, small to large enterprises. So uh, we thought it'd be a great idea to talk about the people behind it, because there isn't a, quote, traditional path to becoming a CISO. Um, much like, you know, you think of being a doctor or a lawyer, there is a very finite cost path. What we're finding is with a lot of these pieces that we're talking about, a lot of them don't even have backgrounds in technology necessarily, but they have legal backgrounds, for example, where, you know, governance, um, considerations of looking at international uh, engagement and compliance and risk and all that good stuff, those all skill sets all kind of fall into it. So, shameless plug for the CISO Diaries. I definitely encourage anyone that's looking for leadership especially for those in security and in technology. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. It's not framed in a rocket science, which heaven knows I am not rocket science myself. But um, I did want to share one stat here because there's a time to not just do shameless plugging. But I got a random email from this gentleman out of India. So India is huge into podcasting, and there's all sorts of companies that are tracking podcasts and all that good stuff. But you know what? All successes should be celebrated in my worldview. And uh, we were at number 71 in India. Yay. Okay, look, I get it. Uh, what I say, when I say ranking 71, I should specify in technology-focused podcasts. Okay. 
Um, and I get it. At first, I was laughing, and I jokingly boarded over to my friend saying, hey, guys, we're kicking butt. It's 71. Like, come on, people. And I kind of sense it sarcastically. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized, look, that's number 71 out of thousands of technology podcasts who are out there globally, right? There's 2 million podcasts are out there right now. And of the 2 million, I think there's like some number, like maybe just under a million are actually active podcasts. And so, you know what? Ranking number 71 in technology, I'm going to go ahead and take that as a true badge of honor. I'm not going to say it facetiously because you know what? The CISO Diaries, <laughs> excuse me, the CISO Diaries is new. And you know what? The fact that we tried and we went for it inside the launch this podcast, you know what? You would be ranked zero, right? If we didn't launch anything at all. So I encourage all the folks that are out there that are concerned about ranking and all that stuff, you know, you know, let's really talk about it because, which, <coughs> excuse me, let's really talk about numbers. Um, because I hear this all the time from my clients that come up to me and say, look, we have to justify our marketing budget to launch this podcast. We have to figure out what's tangible. What are the key performance indicators that it's going to give our CMO, our CEO, CFO, the understanding that this project to launch a podcast is a valuable tool for an organization. So let's do it. I've had people ask me all the time, are downloads the end-all be-all for a podcast? And the answer is maybe. <coughs> I'd like to say no, but I'll say maybe, because this ultimately depends on how you are performing uh, against your metrics that you've established. Okay, whether you are a business-branded podcast, you're part of an organization, or you're a hobbyist. I affectionately call the Underwater Basketball Weaver podcast, right? So, sure, we've talked about, like, um, well, CISO Diaries actually started off because we were having a glass of wine. We are just talking about the state of cybersecurity in general and leadership. And, yes, if you are a hobbyist and you're talking about stuff, so I'll give a shout-out to my friend David Cross-Bowman, who I've never really met, but he has his own podcast called That Metal Podcast. It's all about metal music. Is it easier to get that monetization? Is it easy to get those downloads? Is it easy to find that audience community, etc.? And the thing is, is he started out knowing full well that he's just going to do something that he and his buddies are going to pick off and talk about. He can talk about music anyway. And there is our ways that you can you know, perceive value from it. So if he decided that he wanted to monetize it, right, sure, the sponsors might ask, well, how many people are actually listening to it? How many people are actually you know, downloading? What call to action can you give that will maybe drive behavior in your audience to come to this business if I'm your sponsor? <coughs> and it's not always download. And that's why I say, let's talk numbers, right? Um, you know, the fact that, you know, the CISO diary, uh, you know, picking on that one, it's a fairly new podcast that's getting its legs in. But you know what? We've already got sponsorship on it. Another podcast that we um, produce is called The Business Brains of the Bottom Line. And the host, Paul Delegro, got a, a sponsor from the jump uh, with zero download. Okay? So I worry sometimes when people say to me, oh, my gosh, well, i got to have a certain amount of download. I have to have, you know, people listening consistently. It's not necessarily an end-all, be-all. Think about this when you're looking at KPIs and key performance indicators is the fact that, great, downloads are great, 
but also consider the engagement. Are people commenting on your podcast? Are people sharing your podcast? Are people acknowledging you with those podcasts, right? Uh, whatever content it might be. Those are the intangibles that sometimes are a little bit harder to, to establish and confirm, if you will. But as you grow an engaging community, you will get people that respond to you. So I recommend, um, in the case of CISO Diaries, I'm just picking on CISO Diaries as an example, self-promotion, of course. But, uh, you know, the fact that we created a uh, LinkedIn community page and we also created a LinkedIn company page. So kind of two separate purposes. The community page is um, our area where we're looking to develop a community where everyone talks amongst themselves. We're going to start posting um, articles that might be food for thought for executive leaders to consider. One of the ones I'm kind of like hot on topic-wise is how important are certifications in jobs in general, okay? Obviously, in the context of cybersecurity, there are gatekeepers who feel like, no, you've got to have a master's degree in, you know, computer science in order to qualify for this particular position. That's great from the HR perspective. It puts off the boxes and it hits all the algorithms that all the search engines look for. When I talk to the actual people leaders themselves, half of them don't even have certification. So, again, it, there's a disconnect on there. And I think that's important for the community to really talk to each other and say, look, if you've got people that are trying to break into cybersecurity, if you've got people that have interest in cybersecurity, how can we facilitate that? How can we nurture it in a way where there isn't a, quote, job-to-talent ratio gap? Which, by the way, there is a perceived notion that people aren't hiring, but they have talent needs, but yet there's an incredible pool of candidates available that may or may not have the, quote, certs that, you know, those little algorithms and those application forms that, you know, HR likes to use. So big conversation is an address. If you can get a community talking about you, isn't that much more successful than a download? You know what? Maybe your podcast is triggering thoughts and communication that maybe, like, look, not everyone can listen to a podcast for 30, 40 minutes or an hour, et cetera. Sometimes they listen to it for 50 minutes. Sometimes they don't even listen to your podcast. They just read your show notes. Okay? But does that mean your podcast is unsuccessful? I've been recognized for my other podcasts, and I can't tell you how many times I've gone to parties where people tell me all the time, they're like, oh, dude, love your Monday live stream. Right? Or they say, oh, hey, love your business concept that you talked about, you know, on Afterglow. Right? With the business leaders, you know, global, global leaders organization. So, again... Think about those numbers and see what's really important to you and what all those key performance uh, metrics and indicators. You can get sponsorship without having those, quote, firm numbers <clears throat> that people expect you to have. So, you know, if you have questions about it, talk to me. I can share with you how to do that, how I've seen other people do it. And I've got a great, wonderful ecosystem of amazing people who've been able to monetize their podcast or work with an agency that can help you work with monetizing your podcast. There's a huge ecosystem out there for you to be successful, whether you're a hobbyist all the way up to a Fortune 500 company. You may not need to sponsorship there, but there's something that's important about ecosystem, as we all know, especially when technology is um, important to channel. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, I have a question on this. September kind of sucks, and that's the theme that's going on today. I'm coughing a little bit, and I apologize. <laughs> but did you even notice we were absent? 
And here's a question I have, and it's something I've touted in the past, and it really made me chew on it today. So as a content creator, I'm pushing content out daily, right? But I did it in the month of September because largely I was passed out sleeping trying to get over the COVID. <coughs> so my question to you is, did you even notice I haven't been inspiration? <coughs> did you even notice that I haven't been posting it? And I just want to share with you, some folks actually did. I got text messages saying, hey, dude, are you okay? You haven't been showing up. You haven't been liking posts. You haven't commented. You haven't seen you screaming in a while. And I just want to let you know, there's a lot of workers out there that do watch and listen to you. And they do notice when you're not away, when you're not there, when you're away. They just may not simply reach out to you. And so... Do not think that if you don't post or publish for weeks on end, or because life happens, um, don't feel like the podcast is done. Or whatever content you're creating is done. Keep going and just move on and move forward. Trust me, with that gap, people understand life happens, and it's okay. So in the past, I've always said, look, have stuff in the can, so therefore if life does happen, you still have that consistency. And look, this is a live stream. So when I was sick, I couldn't live stream. I thought about it recording and posting it, but honestly, I was not feeling very good and I couldn't even think straight. So give yourself break. So if you have to step away, it's okay. And be human and authentic about it. Your audience will appreciate it. And this goes to businesses as well. You know, your podcast isn't full to business. It's the personality that they're hosts and the content that you provide. Trusting people will notice that, you know, if you're gone for a while, but they will always be appreciative and come back to you and they know they're back. So give yourself some grace, and it's okay if you are actually on stage. So on that note, <coughs> September sucks, but it really kind of didn't. You all know why? I got sick the week I was supposed to be up in Chicago for this event. So the Esports Trade Association, I want to give you guys all a shout-out. Um, Esports Next 2021 was happened, but I was sick, um, September 12th to the 13th in Chicago, and it was in person. And it was their first event that they did in person post-pandemic, and it, from all feedback I've gotten, it was extraordinarily successful. This is a uh, industry uh, podcast, or not sorry, podcast, podcast on the brain. This is an industry uh, event for those who are raising the prominence of esports because it's so fragmented right now because it's such a young industry that this was an opportunity to come together and actually look at perhaps maybe a central goal, even though everyone's kind of doing their own things and kind of hashing things out, there's still a, a central goal that everyone can still work towards, which was growing the business and growing the industry altogether. And I, I got to give kudos to the Esports Trade Association crew. Everyone loved it. Um, and for those that are interested, that miss out, that want to learn, these, this includes brands that want to sponsor that if they're non-endemic, which they mean is not part of the esports community, there's absolute opportunity to become part of the community. <laughs> Case in point, Morgan Stanley um, sponsored 2021. They love the event so much that they already agreed to sponsor 2022's event before it even ended. Um, so that should tell you a little bit something about what Morgan Stanley believes in the growth of esports and their idea of saying, look, 
We're not part of your community necessarily, but we want to be part of your community. We're going to support you from the jump. Let us be part of it. And there are right ways and wrong ways, if you will, that brands have tried to break into certain communities. For sure, um, definitely consider just asking. Um, and this is something where um, the DLC dropped. So John Davis's podcast. We have we do produce it, and um, I want to take a segment that just came out today of a podcast that you just released this week, actually today. Oh, it just got released today on the importance of non-endemic and endemic brands on breaking into the esports community. So um, check this out. I think some of the aspects of looking at that is what is your main goal of why you're doing that? Why are you actually trying to enter the esports space, number one? So number two is I asked them, do you understand what the community is, how the community interacts, how they evolve, how they respond? Even before you talk tech or the business corp that goes into the world of esports, number one that I keep in the back of my head every day is that esports in the video game world is a community, right? Hmm. And they love to be engaged. How do you engage them? How do you respond to them? So these are kind of the, the messages I work with with the major studios and some of the investors. Because as you know, John, a lot of non-endemics, right, are now involved in the world of esports. Absolutely. And to those folks not in the game world, what that means simply is those folks, non-endemics are traditionally not related to gaming. So... What's cool about this is if you are authentic, just like you were as a content creator, if you're authentic to who you are, understanding that there's areas and space that you need to learn and speak in the language of the community, you will see yourself being braced and you will also see the proper way to approach and be part of a community. Kind of like, you know, if you're at a cocktail party and you're walking up to a group of you know people talking, you don't just shove your way in and start talking. I mean Sure, you could if you want to, but oftentimes a lot of people just kind of stand there, feel the vibe of the conversation, and then when it's appropriate, kind of like jump in, you know, where it makes sense. And oftentimes you'll see yourself being accepted by that circle as you uh, have that communication. And of course, have something to offer and a value where you're not just standing there nodding and smiling, saying, oh, okay, that's great. Those aren't the comments that you need. What they want to see is what value you bring to the conversation and bring to the table. So, I thought I would just throw that out there. Um, shout out to the Esports Next crew um, and Esports Trade Association. It was such a great event. I'm sorry I wasn't physically there for it, but uh, you should see more content coming up um, to celebrate the success of it. And again, all about promoting esports. So on that note, I do want to make a little bit of an announcement. So um, we do produce the, it used to be called Esports Detroit Podcast Network. It is now rebranded as Mass Esports Podcast Network to align with the parent company, Mass Esports Network. I know, not confusing, but we do, full disclosure, uh, at Innovation Media Enterprises, produce all the podcasts for the Mass Esports Podcast Network. We are, that we're aware of, globally the only focused esports podcast network out there. Want to make sure everyone's aware that we just have slightly rebranded as Mass Esports Podcast Network. So, as part of the show that I was talking about, so the DLC drop, by the way, I've I just realized I didn't say the name. Billy Lavoie Barry of Generation Esports and Video Games uh, Consulting um, was that gentleman that we just saw. Pretty cool guy. Check it out the, uh, the episode. You can find it on all your favorite podcast players or go to esportsfpn.com. 
That's right, esportsfpn.com as of right. So uh, one of the other shows that are on the esports uh, Mac Esports Podcast Network is Cyber Warrior Podcast. Out this week, I do also want to give a shout out to them. Um, it was a, a podcast episode focused on women in cybersecurity. And I want to uh, give a shout out to that and again, raise awareness to IT already has a diversity initiative, technology in general, right? But to tone it down even further to a niche of cybersecurity, and you're going to see that it's extraordinarily male-dominated. So I want to um, give a shout-out to Nigel LeBlanc, which is his podcast. And he actually had um, folks uh, come on board from the uh, DEF CON, um, women that are in cybersecurity talking about their background and their experiences and what they've seen. So, you guys, check out the four participants. It's, uh, I'm hopefully saying this correctly, Niam or Niam Muldoon. She's a data protection officer. Rachel Ward, a security te- technical program manager. Vanessa Pigueros, she is the chief trust and security officer. And Kathy Ahuja, VP, global compliance and information technology. So, um, hosted by Annalise. Yonia, um, again, uh, she is a top 25 cyber risk tournament uh, finisher. So good job and great job on that, guys. Um, there's also Amanda Lee Kimmer, who's the host on this, founder and CEO of Java Root LLC. So a lot of women on this. So for those that are looking to see how women fit in the world of cybersecurity, for sure, for sure, guys, please put it up. It's really cool. You Again, find in on uh, all your favorite podcast players. Cyber Warrior Podcast, but also esportsfpn.com. Woo, I know I'm talking a heck of a lot, a lot today, but I um, want to share something on the final thought. So, switching gears and going back to the world of podcasting, uh, specifically from the industry perspective. I mean, you probably hear this to me over and over again, but I get questioned all the time. Am I too late to launch my own podcast? And I just another need to to add on because everyone else seems to be doing a podcast. And the best way I can answer it is this. There are almost 130 million books published according to Google and their Google algorithm <coughs> came up with 129,864 well, let me try to do math again. <laughs> 129 million 864,000 880 books printed from the dawn of time of published books worldwide, okay? And I talk to so many people who are publishing and self-publishing books today. So for those that are concerned about, oh, who's going to listen to my podcast? Who am I to launch a podcast? Does anyone care what I have to say? Look, people. There's only about 2 million out there to podcast, and about of those about active that are actually publishing within the last, I think they said 60 days or something like that, or 30 days, is 800 or a million. Okay? Think of it this way. That's a million talking about everything. And it goes a broad section of underwater basket weaving podcasts all the way up to, you know, in my world of niche, security technology. Right? Huge drop, you know, this whole huge swath of content that's out there. So I'm going to pick on technology because that's my background, my comfort level to talk about. So of those uh, 2 million podcasts that are out there, 
million or so is active. Well, you know what? Technology is like 0.5. Okay, talk about niching down. Okay, but it's not 0.5. There's still thousands of technology-based podcasts out there, right? And that's okay. If you niche it down even further, right? If you have a hardcore, this is for developers only type podcast, you're going to niche your audience audience down smaller, but and you hear people say this all the time. <clears throat> when you niche down and you know who your audience is, you're going to get a very loyal following and very engaged community because they're speaking their language and you know they're not trying to broaden it out generally to a you know larger swath of individuals if you will you're trying to hit that bubble gum where you just like throw something against the wall and people trying to stick, right? So it's okay if maybe your podcast only gets, so I'll just say like 500 downloads over the course of its 90 days at least, you know, look at numbers. <laughs> maybe it's, let's say 50 downloads, okay? But of those 50, I assure you, those people understand and want to hear what you have to say. And so over time, you're going to get those individuals who will most likely follow a call to action. So there was a study done, I think it was in Edison Research, I could be corrected, Triton um, in Edison Research. <coughs> they have found the studies that podcast listeners who are dedicated to the shows that they subscribe and download and listen to are more inclined to purchase from that podcast, whether it's through the sponsorship or the, or the podcast themselves called action, more inclined to buy merchandise, for example. So if you're looking at monetization and Think of it this way, guys. There's a whole hell of a lot of world out there outside of quote, getting sponsorship if you want to monetize. Create merch, right? You'd be surprised how many people love to get your branding and share that they listen to your podcast. Do like a, something as simple as a sticker, right? So lots of different ways <coughs> to get your podcast out there. So ultimately, my message is this. 130 million books have been published, right? Two million podcasts are out there. You have any self-doubt as to why you have anything of value or anyone wants to listen to you, talk to me and I can help walk you through and walk you off the ledge of fear. Because really, also, what you really want to do is just do it, right? I don't want to steal it from Nike, but do it. Try it out. Try out different formats. The mic is listening. This show, I'm still evolving and changing it up. I had all these great, brilliant ideas in the this month of September that kind of sucks, but not really, right? So I'm super excited to come back. Hopefully this cough goes away, but I would love to hear your feedback. Do you really see anything? And, you know, is this something that, um, you know, is important to you? And I just realized, thanks, Norris, and I'm late here. I didn't have my mic on. So we're going to redo this again. And, um, guys, stay safe. And if you have any questions at all, by all means, I'm happy to support you. So on that note, guys, I'm going to go ahead and uh, log out here and we'll see you next week.